Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and I'm kind of happy right now. I just made the most amazing lettuce wraps with cod and salsa and guacamole. I know we don't usually start talking about food, but I like just finished eating them and they are so amazing. I posted them on Instagram. Um, so, it, but by the time you hear this, it might be like a week ago. But anyway, if you want to know what I put on there and save money on the fish that I was using from Sizzle Fish, check out my Instagram. Um, but like I said, now that I say that, I'm thinking, well, the, we're not we're not exactly tracking on the same time schedule here. But anyway, you don't usually talk about food first, but it was so good. It was so good. Anyway, that is actually an unintentionally perfect segue into today's topic. If that made you hungry, thinking about my amazing lettuce wraps with cauliflower and Atlantic cod and guacamole, we're going to talk about hunger today. Question for you. Actually, I've got a couple questions. Have you ever felt like a little bit of hunger, but you were distracted or you were busy or you just couldn't eat at that moment? And then when you thought about it again, you realized you weren't really hungry. Like you felt hungry for a minute, but then because you were doing other things, it sort of faded away. I personally, I love when that happens. And the reason I love when that happens, obviously, because I'm not hungry anymore, but it's like the false hunger alarms remind me that I don't have to, and even I shouldn't, jump up and get a snack at the first sign of hunger, right? And and that's what I used to do. I used to be like, oh, I'm hungry. What should I eat? What do I have for a snack? What can I get? When do I eat lunch again? You know, I would respond immediately at that first sign. And more often than not, I think we all do that. We feel the tiniest little hunger pang and we're like, oh, hunger. Oh, hunger, I'd better eat. You know, and we tell ourselves stories along the lines of, I can't let myself get too hungry or I'll totally go off the rails or I have to keep snacks on me because, you know, I I just have to be sure that I have something in case I get hungry. Do you ever get a little bit frantic when you realize that you're hungry and you don't have a snack or you don't know what you're going to eat next? I know that I used to feel that way. I would create such anxiety around food availability, responding to hunger, and it was kind of crazy. And I would say things to justify, like, let's say I went to the vending machine and got a candy bar. I'd be like, I know it wasn't the best choice, but I was starving. You know, like something bad was going to happen if I didn't put my dollar into the vending machine. Or something along the lines of, I was preparing dinner, but I was just so starving that I had to have a snack while I was preparing. As if waiting 
Even 20 minutes just wasn't an option because the hunger was such an emergency, right? We have this panicked kind of response to hunger, even if it's just mild hunger, like, ah, make it go away. Or like it's an instruction, you must eat right now. And I hear this all the time from my clients and I get it because I lived this way for most of my life, right? The urgency related to hunger. I know how stressed it can make people to not know how to respond to hunger or to not immediately have access or to blame your choices on the fact that you are hungry. And one of the most valuable things I think that I can help my clients do is help them to not fear hunger. Help them to not panic or overreact or overrespond to hunger. Now, in fairness, in fairness, Hunger is a biological response, right? But as with many things, we brilliant humans have taken it to an unhealthy extreme and that's reflected in our weight and it's reflected in our lack of self-control with food, right? If we think about it, what does an infant do when they're hungry? Screams, cries, gets fussy at a minimum, right? Lets you know they need to be fed. But of course, Crying and fussing is the only means of communication they have, and we, adults, have more options. But it's almost like we never grew out of this patterned response of hunger-induced hysteria. Until now. That's what I really want to talk about today. One is really just being nervous or fearful or anxious when it comes to hunger and not knowing how to respond intelligently, moderately, calmly to hunger. And then the other issue is kind of the flip side of that, eating because it's time to eat, independent of hunger, or because we're bored, right? Eating because we're in the mood for something that looks good or sounds good, independent of hunger. And I want to help you relax a little bit, chill out a little bit. And it's kind of funny for me personally to have a conversation with anybody about helping them to relax or chill out, especially with something related to hunger, because I tend to be a pretty intense person. But uh, I was home recently and I was telling my cousin, who is very much like me personality wise, I said, I think as I get older, I'm sort of relaxing a little bit, not being so, so uptight, so wound up all the time. And I think that hunger is one of the great ways that we can practice on a regular basis, just not freaking out, not freaking out, just being comfortable with it, not being so reactive, so responsive. Today, we're going to talk about hunger and how to develop a more healthy, balanced approach and perspective related to hunger. And I've said this before, it's super relevant today, and that is your hunger is not an emergency. If you're listening to this podcast, your hunger is not an emergency, but we kind of treat it like it is. Now, I'm not saying that the goal is to not eat when you get hungry. Let's get that out of the way. I'm going to make note of this. It's around it's around the seven-minute mark because if I get emails, people saying, what about listening to my body? I'm going to say, my argument here is not that you should not eat in response to hunger, okay? I'm going to get, I'm going to get emails and about ignoring hunger. I'm going to redirect them to the seven-minute mark. What I am saying, hear me, is that there is value in improving your responsiveness and your reaction to hunger so you can move from fearing hunger, hating to be hunger, hungry, and immediately 
reacting, right? Or moving from just not paying attention at all and just eating what you want when you want, independent of hunger, to really being calm and relaxed and mindful in our response to hunger. That's what I want to talk about. And I, I shared a story uh, the other day with the folks in my fat loss fast track groups. In fact, I've got two groups going right now. I think I shared this story with both of them. But the feedback I got from them was that they found it very helpful to hear some of my personal, Elizabeth's personal uh, real life struggles and responses. So I'm going to share it with you and, and hopefully you guys will find it as helpful. But if you don't, definitely give me that feedback. I always value your feedback and really want to um, take that into account as I move forward with further episodes. But anyway, they found this really helpful for them. So I hope you do as well. So I was recently traveling to Boston for a family wedding shower. And one of the things that I try to do when I'm traveling is travel first thing in the morning, okay? I do this for a few reasons, and they're primarily related to food, which seems kind of strange, but seriously, because traveling used to be a time when I would make awful food choices, like really go overboard, and I would feel miserable, and I would feel self-conscious, and I would almost like, not almost, I would avoid travel because of my lack of self-control with food choices when traveling or how I would justify going way overboard and then feeling awful and feeling like every trip I made moved me backwards. And so I would avoid travel for that reason. So I've adapted my travel routine to overcome and change my behaviors from some of the really awful ones I used to have. So one of the reasons that I switched to trying to travel early in the morning is because when I have a super early flight, like 6 a.m. or even a little bit earlier sometimes, I don't need to eat at that time. And I can tell myself as I'm walking through the airport, feeling a little tired, sipping my coffee, I can tell myself, I don't normally have breakfast at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. or even 7 a.m., so why would I today? Just because there's a Cinnabon? Just because there's a Dunkin' Donuts? No, I don't normally eat at this time, and I'm always trying to kind of maintain the same sort of um, schedule because, you know, weekends aren't holidays and a travel day isn't a special occasion. So the other reason that I tend to travel in the morning now is because I have more energy in the mornings and our energy, our motivation, our willpower, they tend to diminish as we get tired throughout the day. So I set myself up for flying early whenever I can, whenever that's an option. It's not always an option, but when I can, I do. So anyway, in this case, my flight was around 6 a.m. And uh, <laughs> I'm a little bit of a nut about getting places on time and leaving plenty of time for, I'm not like a squeak in right on time. Like, no, I have a huge margin just in case there's traffic or there's a car accident. Like, I, I'm a little nutty about that. So anyway, I got up a little bit before 3 a.m. that day just to make sure, which is kind of crazy, but that's what I did. So I drank some water, had some coffee, and then got more coffee at the airport. Now my layover was around midday. And at this point, I just had coffee, I just had water. I was pretty hungry. I would say on a scale of one to 10, 10 being like, I think I'll eat my shirt if that's my only option. I would say at this point, I was about a four or a five. Keep in mind also that all I had done was like sit on my butt all day, but still, I was getting, I was getting pretty hungry. Here's the thing though, I didn't really have time to get food. I didn't have time to sit down at a restaurant. I had a long enough layover, but I had some really important phone calls I had to make and it would have needed to be a grab and go option. And sometimes I can find things that really work and sometimes I can't. 
based on the airport I was connecting through, my grab-and-go options were basically fruit and yogurt. So I had to ask myself, would I normally eat fruit and yogurt in the middle of the day? And the answer for me is no. So then the next question is, well, how would I feel if I ate those things on an empty stomach? And the reality was probably not as good as I want to feel. Now, in the past, I would be like, oh my gosh, I don't have any good choices. What am I going to do? I'm starving. And that frenetic energy, that panic, probably would have led me straight to Hudson News where I would have gotten a Diet Coke and a bunch of candy and probably some Chex Mix in case it got too sweet and I needed something salty to balance it out. Yep, that was the extent of my brilliant logic that made me feel like trash. But anyway, a big part of my personal practice now is staying calm, not being reactive, and being more joyful in general. So I decided to use this as an opportunity. I kind of made the decision at that point. All right, I don't want to do the fruit and yogurt. I am really hungry, but you know what? This is actually going to give me a good chance to practice just being okay with being hungry. I know that sounds crazy. It sounds crazy to me too because it used to be like, oh my God, I'm hungry. What am I going to do? And next thing I knew, I was eating like Skittles and chocolate and Chex Mix and soda and then like looking for the nearest ice cream place, right? Craziness. So this was an opportunity to be like, I'm okay being hungry. This is not an emergency. So I got another coffee, got my work done, and I reminded myself through this practice of staying really calm in response to growing hunger, right, and plenty of smells in the airport of things that would be very tasty, I told myself, you know what, Elizabeth, (laughs) you had plenty to eat yesterday. You will eat again today. This isn't a problem. This is a feeling. This isn't a problem. This is a choice to get connected to my body, to really feel it, and to use this time to be productive, right? And I reminded myself, too, like, hey, You're not running a marathon today. You're not even working out today. How much extra energy could my body possibly need while I sit on my butt for hours and hours and hours? And speaking of my butt, my body has plenty of places to look if it needs some extra fuel to burn. So it's all about perspective. And I just really practiced being calm and having a sense of humor. Like, I ate last night. I think I'll be fine. I'm going to eat again today. It's not a problem. It's a feeling, right? So I sipped on my coffee through my second flight and it's pretty freaking hungry as we coordinated the rental car situation in Boston and like sitting on the interminable bus ride to the rental car place because Logan Airport has become some like massive behemoth of a thing. But anyway, it was like going to a different state to get the rental car. But anyway, so at this point, I am acutely aware of my hunger, probably like a six to a seven on a scale of one to 10 during the 45 minute drive from the airport to my family's home. You know, I'd been up since before 3 a.m. Now it's like 5 p.m. And get to the family house, greeting my family, all the hugs. And one of my aunts, who's an amazing cook, says, oh, you must be hungry. We have some banana bread and some fudge. Oh, yep, we got fudge. Well, (laughs) at this point, like I said, my shirt sounded good. So uh, (laughs) both of those sounded pretty amazing. But at this point, I'm like, I honored my hunger all day long. I sat with it. Am I going to go through all that and then be like, yeah, yeah, fudge, sure. No, I'm not. So I told myself, you know what? Like, yes, I'm really hungry, but I have been for most of the day and it's not an emergency. It's not a problem. I'm sure everybody's going to eat dinner soon. So this is a great opportunity for me to continue practicing and to really feel what it, how often do I let my hunger get to a level seven? Hardly ever. So I should know what that feels like. 
It's not going to hurt me. It's not pain. I hate needles. It's certainly not needles. It's just hunger, right? So I got some water, sat down with my family, chit-chatting, whatever. And then they decide to order pizza. Well, I mean, okay, they're going to order pizza. I have choices. I could eat the pizza. I'm sure it would be all right. Average pizza, nothing special. It's just like regular pizza delivery place. I could have them order me a salad when they order their pizzas. But pizza joint salads, in my experience, aren't terribly satisfying. And at that point, I really wanted something that I was really going to enjoy. I could say, oh, do we have to do pizza? Can we order something else? But I don't, I mean, if they want pizza, fine, whatever. Or I could have kept on fasting, not eating anything, dealing with my hunger and just enjoyed their company. I didn't love any of those options though, to be honest. Random sidebar here for some context in this story. I don't usually tell personal stories like this on the on the podcast, but uh, my, my fat loss fast track folks thought that it was helpful. So anyway, my cousin, who's like a sister to me, and I don't get to spend near enough time with her, she was pretty stressed about the shower the next day and the wedding in general, and the house was like full of people, and it was loud, and it was chaotic, and the dogs were barking. So I said to her, what if we go out, just me and you, just get away from the noise, get away from the chaos, and just have a relaxed dinner where somebody else is going to clean up after us. What do you think? And she was elated, and I got a better dinner option. And I could have focused on the frustration, on the limitations, like, oh my god, I'm at my family's house, they ordered pizza, what am I going to do? Well, if I suggest that she and I go out by ourselves, then everybody will think that that's rude because I just got here. Blah, blah, who has time for that drama? She could have said no, I could have not asked, but it seemed like a win-win. One-on-one time with my cousin that I don't get much time with. They were all fine. They were eating their pizza. They're big kids. They're grown-ups. They can handle themselves. They don't need me to entertain them. And you know what? My first priority, to be quite honest, and I'm not apologetic for it, is to take care of me. Because I can't do anything for anybody if I'm not taking care of me. So anyway, she was elated. We went out. I am a solution seeker. We get to the restaurant. What do they do? They immediately put a bowl of popcorn on the table. And I'm like, honestly, like level eight on a scale of one to 10 hungry right now. So before the server even put the menus down, I said, can you bring me a side salad before we order? Probably took three minutes to get that side salad. And then I was not even interested in the popcorn. I didn't have it to begin with because I hadn't eaten anything all day. Do I want the first thing on my stomach to be popcorn? Nah. So got my side salad, ordered a burger without the bun and a side of broccoli. And I'm still pretty hungry even after having the side salad. It wasn't much to it. Bring out my burger with a big pile of french fries. And I could have and probably would have in the past been like, oh, he brought fries and secretly been like, oh, he brought fries. <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't eat the fries. I just said, you know what? Uh, I think I actually ordered steamed broccoli. And uh, the server said, do you want me to take the fries away? As if like it was a tarantula or something. And I said, no, it's cool. You can leave them here. And I figured if my cousin wanted to pick at them, she could pick at them. In the past, I would have not said anything. I would have eaten the fries like, oh, well, they brought the fries, right? At a minimum, I would have snacked on them. But I didn't, you know? I am just as capable of not eating French fries when I'm really hungry as if, as I am if I'm not really hungry. And I used to really work myself up into a tizzy, like, oh my God, the fries are here. What am I going to do? How am I going to resist them? What if I eat them? Oh, I ate them. I suck. I can't believe I did that. I was so good all day. And then fries bring ice cream. No. When we respond with anxiety, when we feel the fear, when we feed the fear, we lose our sense of power. 
When we panic, when we get worked up, when we create all of this negative frenetic energy, we feel powerless and we feel without options, but we are never powerless and we are never without options. You don't have to be afraid of hunger. Being hungry does not create danger. Think about it. What is fear, right? Fear is a programmed response to danger, but we humans screw it up and we manufacture fear based on feelings. That is a choice and it is an unnecessary one. Being hungry, if you're listening to this, you do not need to fear hunger. There are people in the world who need to fear hunger, but if you are listening to this podcast, I am going to go out on a limb here, risk the one in a million person that's going to tell me I'm wrong, and I'm going to say you do not need to fear hunger. You can generate fear if you choose to generate it, if you choose to manufacture it, if you choose to focus on what's not in your power, like the popcorn on the table, like the fries on the table, like the fact that the family wants pizza, like the fact that you don't have time to sit down and order a salad during your layover at the airport, or you can focus on what you can do. You can choose to stay calm and measured in your responses, right? And part of the problem with all of this is that we respond so quickly at the very first sign of hunger that we don't even know what it feels like to be really hungry. One of the things I have my clients do, whether we're working one-on-one or we're in the fat loss fast track, is rate the hunger on a scale of one to five or one to 10, right? And I cannot tell you how many people have trouble with that. And the reason they have trouble with it is because They don't know what extreme hunger feels like because they never let themselves experience it. And I'm going to talk more about that in a few minutes, but that is what these strategies are designed to help you with. We are so immediately responsive, like, oh, it's almost like it's an excuse to eat. My body's telling me it's giving me permission, whether it's false hunger or real hunger. We respond so quickly that we don't really know what it means, what it feels like to be truly hungry. The very first pang in our stomachs, we're like, oh, snack time, time to go, let's eat, right? So I wanna go through a handful of tips to help you deal with hunger, to help you practice this sense of calm, not be so panicked, not be so reactive, not fear your hunger and feel like you don't have control of your choices when you're hungry because you do. So the first tip is to get curious about your hunger. Instead of being like, oh, I think I'm hungry. What do I have for a snack? What would I bring? What's for lunch? What am I going to eat? I should get a snack. I'm going to open the pantry. Just be like, oh, hey, I'm hungry. Be calm and welcoming to the sensation, not stressed, not reactive, And I mean, it sounds really corny, and I know a lot of you are probably like, seriously, you're talking to your hunger. I talk to my body all the time. I talk to myself, because hello, like we're communicating with each other, and all my body can do is signal me, but I have more advanced means of communication, so I'm like, oh, I think I feel a little hungry. Let's see if this sensation is here to stay. I'm gonna wait it out. I'm gonna see if this feeling fades away, if I do something else for a little bit. Or I'm going to see if it grows. Can I turn my attention to something else? Then what happens, right? If I engage my attention in something else, and then I think, all right, does my body really need food? Like if I just ate an hour earlier and then I'm like, I think I'm hungry, I'm going to ask, is that real? Does that make sense? Does it make sense 
that an hour after a full meal, my body is telling me I need fuel again? No, that doesn't really make sense. My body must be telling me something else. I'm going to get some water. I'm going to do some work, or maybe I'll go for a walk. Remind yourself. I mean, this is a practice, and my clients, as we talked about this, they were like, I don't know how to do that. It is a practice. Tell yourself, everything is okay. This is not a problem. It's a feeling. Stop resisting it. Ask yourself, is this hunger or is this a craving? A craving is very likely going to be for something specific, right? Like, oh, those cookies would be good versus hunger is more often like I, I need fuel, right? I need to eat something. It doesn't matter what, but I need something. You don't typically ever get hungry for ice cream. That's a craving, right? And in terms of the physical sensations, it's really interesting to me that so many people don't know what hunger really feels like for them. And there's no way to say, this is what hunger feels like, because we all experience hunger differently and different degrees of hunger feel different for those of us. And this is one of the big reasons that I encourage everybody to track, right? I tell my clients all the time that I am wary of anybody that says this is the way it is or feels or happens for everybody because that's garbage, right? It might be an effective way to sell somebody a product. It's just looking for somebody to give them an answer, but that's not my jam. I want you to find your answers within yourself because those are your true answers. My answers are true for me, but I want you to find the answers that are true for you, that are right for your body. This is the difference between giving you a fish and teaching you to fish. When I help you find your body's answers, you then have that ability, that skill set, the capacity to look within yourself for answers and solutions for the rest of your life, right? And for some people, true hunger is like a headache and low energy. For me personally, it's a very obvious vacant feeling in my stomach. And if it gets too far, I start to feel a little bit nauseous. If it starts to get to like an 8, 9, 10, I start to feel a little bit nauseous. So when you keep your journal, and remember for the month of May, I've created this free one for you for the 31-day free journaling challenge. You can get it by going to primalpotential.com or if you're in the U.S., you can text the word tracking to the number 33444. Um, I'll link to it in the show notes. But as you do this, I want you to really pay attention to your hunger. Don't just write down what you eat. Write down how it impacts your hunger, right? The second strategy that I really, really want everybody to practice is never panicking or making it seem like it's a problem when you experience hunger. It's not. We've got to shift our perspective on this. It's not an emergency. It's not a problem. It's not even something that you need to respond to immediately. Now, can you respond to it immediately? Of course you can. But if you are somebody that starts to get really nervous about being hungry or anxious or like, what am I going to do for snacks? Maybe the best thing you can do is use those opportunities without snacks to practice this not panicking, not getting stressed out, really working on just sitting with it. Don't run from it. Don't try to make it go away. Breathe. Get to know it. Remind yourself, this doesn't hurt. It's only uncomfortable because... You're running from it because you've told yourself it is. Now, it doesn't tickle, but it doesn't hurt either. You've stressed yourself out over hunger. So many things. You've been reactive. You've been frenetic. Like, just chill. The other thing I really want you to do 
is establish some relativity. Like I mentioned, so many of my clients don't know how to rate their hunger on a scale of one to five or a scale of one to 10 because they've never experienced the five or the 10 because they eat when it's a one or a two or a three or God forbid it gets to a four, they'll get like totally snarky and nasty and say it's because they're hungry, right? It's just kind of like, it's just kind of like not knowing the temperature, the relative temperature of water, if you've never experienced the extremes, right? We don't know what extremely hungry is because we eat long before we get to the point and then we don't understand the true need to eat or the severity of the sensation. It's kind of like thinking your water is cold, but never having experienced it as cold as it gets. Once you do that, once you stand in the water as cold as it gets, then that temperature that you previously thought of as cold might actually not seem that cold. Heck, it might even seem warm, depending on the relativity. Once you see how cold the water can actually get, you realize that your relative scale is very different. And we have to establish this same relativity with hunger. Now, I'm not suggesting that you starve yourself. I'm not, all right? Let me be really clear. It's around the 29-minute mark when I'm saying don't starve yourself. But the reality is you can play around with your hunger. You can allow yourself to get really hungry just as an experiment, just to see what it feels like. And along the way, practicing like this is not an emergency. This is not a problem. This is just a feeling. I am okay. Everything is okay. See what happens. Or the other thing you can do, you know, if you don't want to take the more extreme approach is when you begin to feel hungry, give yourself just a tiny bit of food, right? Just a tiny bit of food to take the edge off, but to still remain hungry. So you can see how food in different amounts impacts your hunger, how your hunger grows or contracts. Like really pay attention to that journal that get to know it, do not fear it. It is not something that we have to be afraid of. And we really have to practice this attitude of like, everything's fine, I'm okay. I'm hungry and it's not a problem. I need to know what this feels like. And my body is my friend. My body is not hurting me. This is not dangerous. This is not scary. And I have as much control to say yes or no to anything around me when I'm really hungry as I do when I'm not, which leads me to my next strategy, which is stop giving yourself negative messages about hunger. Stop saying things like, I have no control when I get hungry, or if I get hungry, I go off the rails, or I need to bring something with me because if I don't, all bets are off. That's not true. That's not true. You have the same power to make a great choice when you're hungry as you do when you're not hungry. You're using the hunger to justify the choice. And that's not helpful. That's not helpful. When I was in the airport, I had the same ability to say no to Cinnabon when I was really hungry as I did when I wasn't hungry at all. We've just convinced ourselves that we have less power when we're hungry. And that is because we're actively manufacturing stress and fear and resistance. And that is exactly what I want you to practice undoing. I want you to stay calm. I want you to tell yourself, this isn't a problem and I'm totally in control. I am the only one that decides what I buy, what I eat, what I put in my mouth, what I don't. I have that power no matter how stressed I am, no matter how tired I am, no matter how hungry I am. That is my power that is unchangeable and I practice it whenever I want. 
The next strategy, and I mean, this one kind of goes without saying, is to track your hunger every single day for 30 days. I told you guys that I'm doing this challenge for free to encourage you to get tracking for the month of May. Track every single day. You don't have to count calories. You don't have to count macros. You're just writing down what you eat and how it makes you feel. I've created the free 31-day journal for you. You can get it on primalpotential.com, either on the homepage or on the show notes for this episode. Or if you're in the U.S., you can text the word tracking to the number 33444. And then lastly, as you get comfortable with hunger and as you practice not being responsive and reactive and panicked to hunger, use this time to either practice meditation or practice controlled breathing. You know, the way that I actually came upon this was with menstrual cramps. So when I was, I don't know, middle school, high school age, I guess, my menstrual cramps were so intense that I would miss school because I felt like I couldn't, I couldn't focus. I couldn't get up and down very comfortably. It was miserable. And I became very fearful of those cramps. And as soon as I felt the first little bit of cramping, I would run for the Aleve or if I, if it wasn't a school day or anything like that, my mom would sometimes give me some red wine to sip on and I would immediately look to resist, to solve the problem. And so at some point I was like, what would happen if I didn't run to alcohol or pain relievers in response to these intense menstrual cramps? Can I control them with my focus, with my attitude, with my breathing? And so I started just really being like, I'm going to sit with this. I'm not going to run from this. It's not going to hurt me. It's not comfortable. Sometimes it is downright painful, those menstrual cramps. But you know what? They're not anything I need to fear. And the only way I can practice not being fearful of them is to really sit with them and not run with, not run from them. And then I thought, what if I did this with hunger? Because I was always so worried about getting hungry or being stuck without food or stuck without snacks or uncomfortably hungry. And then I was like, it doesn't hurt. Why am I afraid of this? And so I would meditate or I would focus on breathing exercises like box breathing, which I wrote about on the blog over at primalpotential.com a few weeks ago. But I think that it's really effective for anything that we approach with a feeling of apprehension or stress or anxiety. So I really want you to think about these different things. I want you to think about getting curious when you feel hungry. Does this make sense? Is this a craving? Is there something else going on? What happens if I redirect my attention? I want you to practice really staying calm and mindful, not panicking. It's not an emergency. You don't have to react right away. I want you to be able to establish some relativity with your hunger. You have to be able to identify what it means to really be hungry so that you can realize that level one, level two, level three hunger is really no big deal. It's nothing that you need to react to immediately. Stop giving yourself negative messages like, I get totally out of control if I let myself get too hungry. It's not true. It's a story you've told yourself to justify the choices you make, but it's not true, right? And then lastly, I want you to track your hunger every single day for 30 days at a minimum, preferably every day, like forever, so that you can really understand the signals your body sends and become friends with that signal. Don't fear it. So we started off with what I ate like, you know, 30 minutes ago, but we'll end with what I ate yesterday. Coffee, as always, coffee, 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 and coffee. After my workout, I had my normal cabbage bowl, which is raw shredded cabbage with some carrots. Um, 
I didn't have any bacon with it, but I had avocado and eggs and I think some walnuts, although I didn't have that many. Um, more coffee, but I did have a lot of water. And then dinner was later than normal and I wasn't feeling very hungry because that cabbage bowl really keeps me full for a long time. So I did a full bag of the Trader Joe's cauliflower rice with two slices of bacon that I just crumbled up in the cauliflower rice and it was really tasty. So anyway, um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it was really valuable to you. If you have questions, if you have suggestions, that is why I am here and I hope you have a really wonderful day. I'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.